I'm here this week to tell you to not have dinner seven nights a week together as a family. Hmm, this is the girl who made dinner time games for me. She's saying it's okay. Yay! For real, I want you all to not feel guilty about not sitting down together every night for dinner. I want you to walk away from this episode feeling so excited for family dinner. I want you to feel so motivated to make it happen. I want you to walk away and just desire that for your family, but I also do not want you to feel guilty about it not happening all the time because, hey, it is real life. So if you care more about quality over quantity when it comes to family dinner and you want to know that other families feel the same as you and you want a plan to make it happen and to make it happen well when you do have time together together at that dinner table, then you all, this episode may just become one of your favorites. Come along, friend. Let's grow. Welcome to Families That Stick Together, just step right over the random pile of clothes where it looks like all my kids melted, turn right past the pile of papers still out from last month's school project, maybe don't look at the sink, and make yourself at home, friend. This is where our family of six hangs out. It's where our real life happens. Stay long enough to be reminded of what we both already know, that swimming upstream is not without much work and grace, but it does come with friends who are rooting you on just as fiercely as the way you love your strong family. We work together here as friends so we can get to the end knowing we did well. Come along with us to gather together to grow through it all. Welcome, friend, with your laundry, your running shoes, or your cup of coffee. I can't wait to spend my time with you. And now, my mom, who always smiles and cries when I show her my recital dances, Jennifer Zumbiel. This To Gather for Family dinner review comes from Andrea, family of seven in Oregon. She says, we loved it. I shouldn't have waited so long to try it. Lots of laughter and stories and just so much fun. You have created something that will help so many families. Thank you. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you, everyone who keeps sending these reviews to us. You keep us going strong so that we can keep working for families. Please leave us a review on our podcast, on Facebook, or just send me a message. All right, so I'm not sure where this episode is finding you today. If you're doing a chore, if you're struggling to have alone time, if you're sneaking one earbud in your ear while the music plays in your car for your family, I don't know, sometimes... um, Maybe someone on this other end of the microphone does that. Um, But here's the thing. We all sit here today knowing this truth. Our world is leading us down a very troubling road of face-to-face communication. And, you know, in order to change our busyness or our screens or our overscheduling, whatever it might be, The greatest way to combat this is with strong communication. We all know this because guess what? The busy's not going away, guys. It's not. I've been living it for a long time. It's not slowing down. And I hate to say it, but it only gets busier. So where do we all dive into communication the most in our homes? It's pretty obvious. It's around 
the dinner table, or maybe it's the breakfast table in your house. But whatever it is, we all know that kitchen table has some power. It serves us really, really well. It is this secret place, this solution for bringing our families together. But you all, we have to use it. I don't know what your family dynamic is right now. Maybe you're sitting here thinking, that's cool. We actually do get to eat dinner seven nights a week together. We are all home. That's really awesome. Cherish that while you can. Maybe some of you think, oh my gosh, I don't even know the last time we sat together for family dinner. I think the point of all that is that we are all in different seasons and we're going to be in different seasons throughout different points in our lives and we're going to find family dinners easy, family dinners difficult, whatever it might be. And that is really where Together falls into this. I made this because I knew there had to be an easy, meaningful way that could actually work for making that time we sit together feel multiplied because I know that it doesn't always happen. It cannot always be there. So if we all do agree that the family dinner table is a place for incredible connection to beat that decrease and battle against face-to-face communication, then if we actually have time to sit there, don't you think we better figure out a way to make it super, super valuable and that whole quality over quantity thing? Now, I knew that people I would be serving through this Together Moments mission were going to be just like me, and they needed the same. That's why this whole business was built on a game that's really a tool. It's a tool for connecting. I do not want you all sitting there feeling overwhelmed about family dinner and how do I make this happen. So what we're going to talk about today is what really connects us. We're going to talk about five things that can really bring us together around the dinner table. And I think y'all are going to be surprised at the angle that this episode takes. The first thing that I think any of us need to talk about is what makes dinner so special anyway, a family dinner. We can Google that and here's what we'll find. Some benefits of family dinner include better academic performance, higher self-esteem, greater sense of resilience, lower risk of teen pregnancy, lower risk of depression, lower rates of obesity. Those are amazing benefits and I hope that all of our families reap those abundantly. But if we are only looking at family dinner for those things, we are really going to miss why the heck it even matters to gather there. So let's really talk about what family dinner means to you and to me. Because if we're honest, the family dinner itself is very much threatened in our lives. And we're not all sitting down seven nights a week together. And again, if you are, please tell me how you are doing that. This whole together thing exists because of the family dinner and what it does for us. But listen, it's not to protect the family dinner and make sure everyone sits down and has it. Because really, like I read to you before, anyone can tell us how to protect the family dinner and give great tips on how to do it. But it is so much more important, in my opinion, to protect what's at the heart 
of why family dinner even matters at the beginning of the whole discussion of how we're going to sit down to have it. We must dig down deep, guys, into ourselves and try to figure out when we wake up in five years from now, 10 years from now, are we going to wish we had more family dinners? I guarantee our answer is yes. I'm going to say the same thing, guys. I I wish we did. But why are we even saying yes? You all, there's a bigger reason for it. It's not just so we can all necessarily catch up on our day. There's so much more to it. I want to share a story with you that goes back to 2003. So my boyfriend at the time told me to pack my bags. He was taking me somewhere for my grad school spring break. And I, of course, thought he better be taking me somewhere warm. And when we got to the airport and I found out we were going to Orlando, I knew this boy must be proposing. We end up at the Magic Kingdom and the fireworks are about to go off in front of the castle and there my guy gets down on a knee, pulls out something from his pocket and proposes to me right as the fireworks go off. It was beautiful and yes, so romantic and just so special. I tell you this story because of the very next thing that he said to me. He said, but we can't stay here. We have to leave because we have a reservation at the Polynesian Resort at the restaurant called Ohana. And I made the reservation there because in Hawaiian, Ohana means family. And that's what we're going to be. Oh, isn't the sweetest? I was so excited. And I want to go back to that moment with you. And when you knew you were going to be a family with somebody. What made that so special? Why was that such, gosh, a life-changing moment? It wasn't because of the vacations you would go on or the house you would build or all those little details. It was so much more. We weren't dreaming about those things. We were dreaming about the bond and that family at the core, that unit that we would create together and the foundation, and that's what a family is, right? So if you go to the heart of why we care about our families, it's because we want to be bonded. We crave that so much. So I think when we're talking about family dinner being so important, we have got to get past the idea of, well, we can't get together seven nights a week, or we only get to eat two nights together. I don't know how I'm going to cram it all in. We're running around like crazy. I guess family dinner can't count. Get past that and dig down deep and figure out why you even want to make it happen. We put so much pressure on ourselves to just survive the day by day. And You all, we have got to talk about the end. What is our end goal? What is it? And I think this element of family dinner is so much bigger than any of us believe it to be or anything that the world tells us. Besides all those statistics I talked about, let's talk about the heart. So I want to talk about five ways we are all going to make dinner time a time to really connect in our family. And I think you're going to walk away from this feeling like you really understand this 
and can commit to some really, really valuable things in your home. If we go back to my story about Disney and the foundation that we're really trying to build, then our number one point here is you have to be motivated to make it happen. Nothing in life happens without that ingredient. And family dinner is really no different. So I want to tell you another quick story. My little girl, Julia, has worn these sweet lavender glasses since she was about 20 months. And she has won in contacts since she was about five years old. She asks her doctor every time we go in there. And last summer, right before she turned eight, her eye surgeon finally approved of her to wear contacts, which was really, really special. So we go to the eye doctor last fall, or the contact place last fall, and she starts trying them. And her little eyeballs aren't the easiest to get contacts in because of the shape. So being able to achieve this was something that our doctor and the contact person had kind of set us up for to know that it might not work. Well, wouldn't you know, Julia got each contact in within about 30 minutes. And if you have ever tried to put them in yourself for the first time or have watched a child try to learn this, or even an adult for that matter, it is not simple. For her to do this at age seven was quite an accomplishment. So that evening, I said to my oldest daughter, who does wear contacts, I said, do you know why Julia was able to get her contacts in so easily and so quickly? And she said all these cute things like, well, Julia can pretty much do anything, which is really cute because Julia is a very fearless child. She was saying things about her hands being smaller, all these cute things. And I said, no, I will tell you what the difference is. She has envisioned this moment and visualized it for years since she was about five. She has been persistent. She didn't want to give up. And when she walked in that room, she knew she was going to do it. I share this because Anna didn't do that. She got contacts one time, tried them, couldn't do it, got frustrated. We came back about six months later. She tried again. It took over an hour, and she finally got it. And all of that is very normal for children trying contacts for the first time. But the difference was she didn't have enough motivation. She just kind of thought, well, eh, I'll get them for sports, and that will help. But Julia, on the other hand, just wanted an escape from her glasses. She had worn glasses for her whole life and knew that she could do this, knew that she wanted it, and she was going to make it happen. So she did. But the point is, like anything you want to happen quickly or happen well, you have to make it a priority. And I think when we talk about something that seems as simple as family dinner, we need to know that for a lot of families today, It's not a simple thing. It's just not simple to put it into your schedule. If it was a normal Wednesday from last school year, my day would have looked like this. I did a pickup from student council. I did a drop off at play practice. I did a drop at dance, then a pickup at dance, then another drop at dance, then a drop at soccer, a pickup at soccer. I mean, you all, it was crazy. 
Wednesday was guaranteed everyone is eating in the car. You might be lucky if you get something other than like a breakfast item for dinner. (laughs) Everyone can appreciate that. But I think like anything in life that is not simple to do, if you are motivated enough to make it a priority, you can make it happen. So I would say if you have decided dinner time in your household is a priority, then it must be scheduled. Schedule it into the calendar like anything else you do. You schedule practice in and Family dinner is really no different. If someone has to be at dance practice at a certain time, well, they also have to be at dinner at a certain time. If you can sit down and look at your week ahead of time and be really proactive and intentional about this, you will find that you probably have more windows than you think where the whole family is home at the same time. Maybe currently that time period is full of chaos because everyone's trying to find lost things and everybody's running late and waiting for a carpool and whatever it is. But if you can look at that schedule and see that you have 45 minutes where everyone is in the house together, then why not set it up for success? And by that I mean, if you know it's gonna be craziness, have a crock pot dinner ready, have the gym bag ready, have everybody's clothes out the night before but make it happen, prioritize it. We have got to do these things and not let other commitments get in the way because if our why for that family dinner and what it does for our family is strong enough, then again, let's look at the end in mind and and really feel motivated to make it happen. Here's an example that may not feel easy up front, but I think it's a really easy way to make it happen. And we have to be intentional about this, but let's think about weekends. A lot of times you may immediately think, nope, everyone's scattering and going their own places. Maybe so, but how about committing to that Friday night dinner together and then everyone scatters and goes their own way. But at least you have that time to be with one another. Maybe you feel like we've hit this on overkill. And maybe we have, but I think knowing why family dinner matters so much and then being motivated enough to make it happen is absolutely the first steps. So number two is set up the environment so that you can be successful, guys. We all know that feeling where we're trying to make something happen but everything around us feels like it's in chaos and we just can't do it. So what does that look like? Well, I kind of hit on this before. If you know that one time you can be together is a little bit crazy, then you're eliminating those other factors, right? By having crock pot dinner or making sure gym bags ready and things like that. What I'm talking about here is the actual environment of where you are sitting down to eat together. Do not sit at the couch anymore. Do not sit at the bar counter, and I'm talking about the bar counters where you're all lined up, not facing one another. I'm talking about your kitchen table, okay? The first thing is clear the table. No homework, no mail, no nothing shoved to the end of the table. And hello, my hand is raised behind this microphone. I am guilty of that, but we don't do it anymore. We have started... We, we bought a really pretty tablecloth back in the 
uh, fall of last year. It's like a wipeable one. And I have it set all the time. I don't have place settings out, but I have the kitchen table cloth. And I have our napkin holder that has our napkins and our together games sitting in there. And it is the most inviting place. We don't do homework there. We may do an occasional craft, but it gets cleaned up. We don't bring screens there. It's just a very inviting place. So make sure your environment is welcoming for you to be there. With that, I will say that the environment should be a place where everybody has some expectations. So set it up where no one sits until everybody is ready. You all know those evenings where someone is sitting down They start to grab food. If it's a little one, they get too antsy. They've used up their energy storage. And by the time everyone sits down, they can't sit any longer. So set the environment for success means make sure everyone sits at the same time. I think you will see that that changes a whole lot of the dynamic of how the dinner itself goes. And then I think that we all need to look at the environment as how do we prepare it, not only physically, but how are we preparing ourselves when we arrive? There is a real opportunity to just set the mood by bringing ourselves together and and feeling unified. Start your meal with a prayer. Bring yourselves together. If it's not a prayer for your family, then go around and maybe everyone says something they're grateful for. But just that act of doing something together to start the whole meal is going to set the stage for you all to be immediately a team. So that's number two, set up the environment. This bonus question for myself is brought to you by To Gather for Date Night from the category Say the L Word. And this game book has seven categories. This is just one with its own 15 stickers. Every sticker is really cool and special. They all have a really neat L word in them. And they just lead to so much conversation. You can peel these before you go on a walk, peel them, leave them on your spouse's pillow, talk about them at dinner, just put them on a glass of wine before you drink it or whatever, but have so much fun with these. And my sticker from this category says, I always hear people say that I look like Katie Holmes. And that is funny because when I was in college, Dawson's Creek had just started and it was really big. And I would walk around UK and random people would stop me and say I looked like Katie Holmes, which I thought was very funny. A nice compliment, but pretty funny. And I had not heard it for quite some time. And then someone that our kids go to school with stopped me at a party this winter and said, I've never told you this, but I have always thought you looked like Katie Holmes. And I actually got to meet her and you really, really do look like her in person which I thought was still interesting after all these years. So that's who people say I look like. Number three, keep it positive. With my mission being to make these mealtime games be something that actually worked for families, I knew everything had to be positive. It could not lead to negativity because again, we have to make these small moments count. If we only have these small windows during the week, 
where we can sit at that family dinner table and we've all already agreed all the magical benefits it can bring to communication, then these stickers had to be positive. So there's 105 in the game book for family dinner and for date night also, but I'm talking about family dinner here. There's seven categories. You'd peel a sticker. You will not find anything that says like a mistake I made this week or anything like that. Instead, it's things like tell the tallest person a character trait you hope to emulate one day or a risk I took that made me proud was or we are really good at these four family values. Let's talk about them or something like that. Our family dinners are one place in our day where we have a captive audience in front of us. It's each other. The very nature of our tables being round or square or rectangle is that we all have to face one another. So if we're facing each other, let's keep it positive. Let's create a a moment in our day where we are looking at each other, we are listening, we are giving each other our hearts, and we are keeping it positive. Anytime we have a chance to bring our families together to know that we're going to make really good communication, do not bring the negativity. Don't make this about talking about grades or about chores or about something that is bothering you about each other. There is a time and place for those conversations most definitely, but it is not the dinner table because here's the deal. I think in our minds when way back in the beginning of this episode, I asked you to think about why family dinner was important to you. I'm pretty sure you all had these this memory of growing up and having these moments or this vision of your adult children sitting around talking about awesome family memories at the family dinner table. And so if you want them to keep showing up over and over, then keep it a place that makes them want to be there over and over. Because guess what? They're going to grow up. They're going to go through hard times. And they need to feel that sitting down at that dinner table is secure for them. It's a safe place for them to be themselves, to open up, to be loved, to be heard in all these great things. Not to mention that if they ever have friends over, they know that they can bring them there and they want them to interact with their family and imagine all the good values that come from something like that. If your dream for your family dinner is to bond you really strong, then make it synonymous with goodness. And imagine all the laughter that's going to come from it. And I don't think I have to tell you all the good fruits that are going to grow out of moments like these. Number four. Now, this is simple, but I think it's really important to include here. Do not have side conversations at your kitchen table. Be inclusive of everyone. Be really careful. I know it's tempting, especially when we have our younger children when we're in those beginning stages of our young family where we just want to have those adult conversations with our spouse. And it's pretty easy to not include the little ones. For one, they're just not as engaged. It's hard to figure out how to include them. But also sometimes we're just tired, to be honest, and we don't want to put the extra energy in. But I think it's so important to try to include everyone. And here I'm not just talking about the little ones, but let's move up and talk about those teenagers. Maybe sometimes they don't want to open up. And it is just so crucial for us to notice these moments and be intentional about seeing that they are involved. 
that's really one of the benefits to our game. I feel like we parents can get to the end of the day and moms especially because it falls on us to create all these really good moments of meaning and you don't know what to say and you want to talk but it's kind of awkward to just all of a sudden say could someone at the table please tell the tallest person what you love about them I mean that would be super sweet and I wish we could all do that but it's just kind of an awkward thing to say right and I'm pretty sure it's going to come with some eye rolls and mom why are you asking us to do that But if the sticker tells you to do it, it isn't weird anymore. It really becomes normal. It becomes fun. And quite honestly, people want to share because they have something to talk about. People love talking about these things. I actually created a category in our family dinner game called Humble Pie. And the intro talks about how we shouldn't brag, but the best people that we should be bragging in front of is our family because they love us unconditionally. They're proud of us and they want to hear these things. So that section is really designed to have your family say things like, one of my best accomplishments from the past year or a time I helped someone when they didn't ask for it. Things like that. I I think we just need to be intentional about bringing everyone into the conversation. Whether it's three people or eight people, it's your family, so you know how to bring them all in, and I think we just need to make it happen. I realize, though, that this can be a daily journey, and every day brings its own challenges, but if we commit to it, I think we'll see some really big differences there. My fifth point is make it teachable. Look for those moments at your family dinner table that are teachable. The very fact that we are sitting at a table means we have an opportunity to have everyone engaged in what we are saying. And they can give us that eye contact and they listen. And this goes without saying, but there shouldn't be any screens at the table or a TV on in the background or anything like that so that it truly is an environment that you have set up to be engaged. So why would we not make that our most teachable time of the day? It really is in your power and sitting right there for you to do that, to teach so many lessons. My oldest jokes that you always get a life lesson at the table from mom, and we laugh about that, but I think you know that values are taught and basic communication skills, all of them, they can all be taught at the dinner table. Eye contact, empathy, compassion, how to give a proper compliment. You can practice it right there. You practice all these things. That's what you should be doing, right? We can teach all the manners, how to speak to an adult, how to not interrupt, how to ask follow-up questions. All of this should absolutely be taught at the kitchen table and how many life lessons truly come out of one conversation. I will use a together sticker question here as an example of a really cool moment of conversation at our house. I had 
one of my daughters peel something from the things that make me go category and it was something like that's crazy so she had to say a moment of her day that was a little bit crazy and she talked about being at a friend's house and there was a moment where they wanted to do something on the ipad it wasn't anything terrible but she was a little uncomfortable because they wanted to film some silly little movie and she wasn't so excited about it and it made us talk about moments where you get in a position with friends where you feel uncomfortable you don't know how to get yourself out of it you don't want to be made fun of but yet you you know it's not good but you kind of feel trapped and so it brought up this whole conversation about how do we get out of these moments that are really really tough for us and we talked about having like a little code thing where they could call mom or dad and get out of a situation that is uncomfortable so that was teachable and then you know there's so many other moments i'm sure you're thinking of at your kitchen table that feel the same i hope that you are sitting there right now feeling like you really understand what you want to change in your family what you want to bring to your family dinner and also i hope that you're sitting there realizing that you are doing a lot of amazing things already that really work Because I think for so many of us, when we think back on really significant moments with our own families growing up, a lot of them are centered around the kitchen table and not even always with a meal, but it just becomes a gathering place. And so if your meals are synonymous with positivity and so much goodness, then you will naturally sit down there to gather and just talk about all life's biggest moments. And, you know, my whole mission here is to help people just feel like they can really make their small moments through the week, through their days, become really big because you know how to be a little more intentional and speak more meaningful words because I really do believe Today's words matter tomorrow, and we have to give ourselves opportunities to speak them. I want to quickly recap our five points on how we make dinner time a more meaningful time of connection. Number one, you have to be motivated to make it happen. Number two, set up the environment for success. Number three, keep it positive. Number four, do not have side conversations. And number five, make it teachable. Please take something from this episode and let someone know in your family what you plan to do. Share it with a friend. Let someone know maybe if you came up with an idea that you think will help their family because your friend has been struggling with it. Screenshot this episode. Share it in your stories. Text it to somebody. I know that family dinner holds so much for the strength of our families in America and in the world. And it all begins in our home. So go out there, be a strong family that sticks together, starting at your family dinner table. (music) 
If you love what you're gathering through these episodes, please screenshot, tag us, share with friends, and leave a review. It is the best compliment you can give us. It is so encouraging, and together we can help grow stronger families. Be sure to follow us at Together Moments on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a DM. Check out all our incredible games and tools and your free family resources at togethermoments.com. As always, take time to gather, together to grow, and speak the words that matter.